Hey guys, welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast, where I share my journey and invite others to share theirs. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain, media personality and social influencer. I'm on Instagram at Lonnie Swain. That's L-O-N-I-S-W-A-I-N. Hit me up. Plus the podcast even has its own Instagram page at Lonnie Swain Show. Now, if you or someone you know would be a great guest for this podcast, hit us up on email info at Lonnie Swain Today, joining the show, I've got my girl, Itika Old Wine. We met in Chicago when she was working for the Oprah Winfrey Show, and now she owns her very own floral boutique in downtown L.A. Now, Itika, let's start from the beginning. You went to college in L.A. I went to undergrad at UCLA, and a big part of why I went to UCLA is because I'm from California, mm-hmm. so I wanted to go to a UC. And you majored in what? I majored in political science. I thought I wanted to be an attorney. And I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. I was so wrong. And then you went to Chicago and you got your master's there. Yes, I went to Chicago. I got my master's at the University of Chicago in social sciences. Because you thought you were going to do what with that? Uh, so I went to the University <laughs> of Chicago. I thought I wanted to get my PhD. Okay. To be honest, I wanted to get my PhD in political science or social science. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to like... I was really into politics and social um, economics when I was at UCLA. So kind of believing that your socioeconomic status affected your life, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that. Yeah. And so I studied it at UCLA, and I really had a passion for it. So I decided that I wanted to go and further my education and, and get know an advanced degree in social science so that I can be an expert on mm-hmm. social science and socioeconomics and once I got to University of Chicago I was like, <laughs> like I am not about this academic life it was mm-hmm. very 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 intense mm-hmm. um, and I just I left with my master's essentially okay I was supposed to go and get my full do a full PhD program but I left with my master's mm-hmm. And were you working at Harpo already at that time? I was not. So I had been a fan of the Oprah Winfrey show since I think it was, I think it was like mid college when I started watching Oprah. It was one, I remember it was like a summer right before maybe my, my senior year, my junior year, I started watching the Oprah show. And I think it was the season where she was, um, doing a lot of shows with Ayanla, Ayanla mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I was just so intrigued. I watched it every day that summer, and mm-hmm. I just was like, oh, my God, you know, Oprah was intriguing, but Ayanla was really intriguing to me, mm-hmm. just kind of like her in-your-face, very much like she is now with mm-hmm. Fix Your Life, like just kind of really in-your-face. She sounded like, you know, all my aunties. I have right. I need to get an internship. I was like, it would be dope if I 
from with Oprah. And they were like, hello, you're in Chicago. Why don't you just go and apply? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't thought about that. Right idea. Uh-huh. I thought about it. So I went and applied for the internship and I, and I got it. I got an internship with Oprah show while I was going to school at the University of Chicago. And that's where my career started with her. Wow. And so then you spent how many years there? I was there a total um, of eight years, eight seasons with the Oprah Winfrey show. I stayed until the show ended in 2012. It was the final season. 2011 was the final season. Mm-hmm. I'm still sad I didn't make it to those final tapings that I was I supposed to make it to. <laughs> one day eventually I'll get to I did get to go to a a master class that that Oprah did with Dr. Phil so I did get to do that eventually now there's been some things in between Oprah and the floral boutique even yes yes so when I left the Oprah show and moved to Los Angeles moved back to LA I wanted to segue into marketing when I was at the Oprah show, um, one of I, I held different several different positions while I worked there. One of them was in the affiliate marketing department. So we did marketing of the show to all of our affiliates, which were stations that aired our show. Mm-hmm. And so that was my intro into the world of marketing, and I really enjoyed it. And I was really fascinated by our marketing department at the Oprah show, just in general. And so when I moved to LA. I felt like, you know, it was a time I could start over in my career. I knew I had a great resume coming from the Oprah show. So I, I felt very confident just kind of applying to whatever job I wanted to apply to. Mm-hmm. So I applied for um, a marketing position with AEG, which is the Edgewood Entertainment Group. And AEG owns LA Live, which is the complex here in Los Angeles in downtown LA that houses Staples Center, mm-hmm. and the Staples Center is where the Clippers play, the Lakers, the Sparks. Um, they have BET Experience there, the Grammys, MTV Movie Awards, you know, hundreds of red carpets there a year. So mm-hmm. I was hired um, as part of the marketing team at LA Live working for AEG. Mm-hmm. And so that brought me into the world of marketing um, and really gave me so much um, information and experience in marketing um, while I worked there. Um, for, I was there for two years. Mm-hmm. And then after I left AEG, I really enjoyed marketing and I felt like I left there with like a PhD in marketing. I mean, to uh-huh. mar- to do marketing for all, for that venue with all of the events that they had, all yeah. the that came through and mm-hmm. all of the, you know, high end clients and, VIP clients, I was like, okay, I got this marketing thing down. So I actually started marketing for my own clients. So I had private clients. Mm-hmm. So I left AEG and I had a few private clients and one of them turned out to be Eric Buterbaugh, who is a world-renowned florist here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he was the resident florist at the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills. Nice. And so I... He hired me as a marketer, and then I segued from being his, um, you know, being his, him being my marketing client to managing his floral company in the Four Seasons Hotel, and that's how oh, I got wow. into flowers. Nice. And so, at any point when you started, when he was your client and you were doing the marketing for him, were you like, 
hmm, I kind of like this flower thing. Or did you still have no idea at that point? You know what? It, <laughs> sorry. It, um, there was a moment when, you know, let's just be clear. I was interviewing to work other places mm-hmm. while I was still working with, you know, sometimes you're a professional woman, your career driven, you know, you might take a few interviews. Yes. So, Always. <laughs> right, right, right. See what's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, cast a wide net. Mm-hmm. So I was interviewing. I was actually really, I was, I was at the third interview for another job. Mm-hmm. And not because I wasn't happy with him. I just was kind of just seeing what else was out there. It was kind of, I had been working with him for maybe, you know, six months at this point. Mm-hmm. Six or seven months. And I was really, I was like a third interview for another position with a, a totally different company. I think they were, um, it was like a, oh God, it was like a children's education, um, kind of more grassroots, which I'm always kind of uh-huh. leaning towards, like kind of working with the community kind of thing. Uh-huh. But it was still marketing for them. Okay. Um, and it was going to pay me, you know, comparable, if not more than what he paid me. And... I was kind of grappling with leaving him and going to this job. And my girlfriend was like, you're so good with flowers. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. She was like, yes. She was like, you want to leave this flower business? And I mean, my clients that I work with directly were Chanel and um, the Carters and Usher and, you know, Mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And she's like, you want to leave working with like all these amazing clients to go to, you know, work for like first five California. Uh-huh. Right. No, or better yet to go work for uh we got y'all off of insecure. How did you transition from employee to entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And I have found that that has happened to me at every job I've been at. 
Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of, kind of look at yourself and be like, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. This might not be for me <laughs> working for other people. <laughs> working for other people. And it was because, and one of the first people that hired me to do flowers for them after I left Eric's, when I was like, hey, I left Eric's, I'm doing flowers for myself now. And they're like, that makes perfect sense. They were like, you've always had your own point of view. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. This point of view is why I'm not working for him anymore. I'm working for myself. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's essentially what it was. It's like it got to a point where I, you know, found myself at a crossroads once again at a company that I was working for someone at. And essentially it was because I had such a strong point of view. Yeah. And I never understood that. It kind of was like I was at different, you know, when I left AEG, I was at a crossroads with management. I was never at a crossroads really with management at the Oprah show, but at the end of the day, how can you feel like, okay, well, Oprah, I have my own point of view, honey. <laughs> <laughs> kind of go with what she said. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but other than Oprah, <laughs> uh-huh. right. my own point of view was getting in the way of kind of me progressing after a while when I was working for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I would say in a nutshell, why I ended up starting my business. Mm-hmm. So what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges that you've overcome in this transition of going into entrepreneurship? I think fear, to be honest. I mm-hmm. mean, I was so afraid of not getting a paycheck every two weeks mm-hmm. that I put, you know, myself in this box of I'm going to get a job and work for somebody else because I'm going to get a paycheck every two weeks because that's what I need to do in order to pay rent and get my hair done and go on vacation and pay a car note. Right. Mm -hmm. I was afraid that if I didn't have a job that promised a check every two weeks, I would be in the poorhouse. And it wasn't until I got over that fear and I still have that fear. It's just, I've been successfully, running a business that's made me money now going on six months Mm -hmm. very long but it's been great and you know in -hmm. the sense that I haven't felt that loss of a paycheck every two weeks Mm -hmm. or six months Mm -hmm. and that's that's been that's that was what it I think really was that I needed to conquer was that fear Mm -hmm. and how do you feel you did that how did you overcome it this is going to sound a little basic, but my boyfriend uh-huh. <laughs> told me that I had to worry about this. <laughs> oh my God, that's going to sound horrible, but it's true. He was uh-huh. like, babe, babe, I got you. He just was like, I was like, babe, I'm so scared. And he was like, don't worry. He's like, I got you. He's like, if there's any issues, if anything happens. And let me tell you, lady, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I haven't had to lean on him for much. You know? uh-huh. It's been very it's been very prosperous my business mm-hmm. but he was my security blanket mm-hmm. just knowing I mean just knowing that I had somebody or something that if this thing failed and I gotta pay rent you'll be able to help assist out mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that was mm-hmm. enough but it, it, that is really the honest to God truth that helped me get over the fear just knowing 
that I had a security blanket in him. Mm -hmm. And And it's not and don't feel bad about it being basic because for somebody that could be someone, it might just not be a boyfriend. It might be a mother. It might be a father. It might be a sister. It might be a cousin. It might be a best friend. It might be whoever. But having someone to say, hey, I believe in you. And if anything goes left or if you need anything, I got you. So that's perfectly understandable. Um, and at the end of the day, if your boo can't help you out, <laughs> you delete the right? Exactly. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this being your first entrepreneurial endeavor, what would you say is something that you've learned about entrepreneurship in these past six months that you did not expect, good, bad, or otherwise? I learned that people will really support you. I have gotten so much support from sea to shining sea, from people Mm -hmm. that I went to high school with that I haven't talked to in since high school to people that I worked with that I haven't really, you know, kept in touch with others in social media from people that I talk to every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have gotten so much support and not to say that I didn't know or believe that I was supported, but when you venture off on your own and have a business, you know, you hear a lot of people complain and say, you know, I, I haven't been supported. You know, some of my best friends still haven't shopped for me or bought anything for me or, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You kind of hear these horror stories. Yeah. But I have been so supported by my community and it has just been, I'm just as great. I could not be more gracious. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if I tried to, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I felt so grateful. Like I felt overwhelmed with this feeling of support and I am so gracious I really Mm -hmm. am because they have kept my business going everybody Mm -hmm. that has bought from me I have to say I know Mm -hmm. it has not been a stranger I probably no I know every single person that has purchased from me that's awesome that's like a testament you know yes yes I love that what is your advice to someone that's listening to this that's going clocking in or just clocked out of that job where they not seeing eye to eye with their superior or their upper management because they have their own opinions and perspectives and they have something that they're passionate about that they want to pursue but they're sitting on that edge of fear what would your advice be to them my advice would be to not listen to that other voice in your head. So I read this book that like really changed the way I thought about the voices in our head. And it's called um, An Untethered Soul and, or The Untethered Soul and Untethered Soul, it's Untethered Soul. And basically what it said was the voice in your head that's telling you you can't do something or you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you're not, um, you know, 
all of these things, it's not your voice, it's other people. It's things that other people have said to you or the world is saying to you or, you know, you've heard somewhere along the line. But your voice is the voice that's saying, you got this, you're smart, you're talented, you're an artist, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you know, destined to be something greater. That's your voice. Mm -hmm. So I would tell them to listen to their voice. Don't listen to those other voices. Those other voices, that's not your voice. That's the outside world. Your voice is the voice that responds to those voices. Mm-hmm. So your voice is supposed to tell those voices to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know what you're talking about or get out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I would tell them to listen to their voice and what their voice says that they're supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. Not those other negative voices. Those negative voices are not your voice. So shut those voices up. Listen to your voice and then make a move. Okay, and look, you jumping ahead. I was gonna ask if there was a if there was a book that you would recommend, but you didn't already reference the book, which I love. You know, I'm in a book club. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I do know that. Um, I used to be a part of the book club once upon a time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> one of the one of the long long line of members honey we should have a book club reunion with like all of our members over the years right exactly because uh i was mostly showing up for the food and the wine and the fellowship and i'd be like y'all i didn't <laughs> get to <laughs> look i only got to chapter two y'all forgive me <laughs> tell me what happened give me the cliff notes but <laughs> with no shame <laughs> Right. Don't know about this book. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in case anybody were to hear this and try to invite me to be in a book club, look, y'all just need to know what type of member I is. Absolutely. Now, something, you know, that I like to talk to women about throughout your career, do you feel like being a woman professionally has helped or hindered your advancement? Um, You know what? I've had a very interesting career in the sense that I've had jobs where I think being a woman has absolutely helped me. Mm -hmm. I've had jobs where I think being a woman has hindered me. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I've had experiences in those jobs that have brought me to where I am, Mm -hmm. you know, have helped me to be the best itika as a professional entrepreneur you know business owner from both positions but mm-hmm. i in some positions being a woman has worked to my benefit in other positions it didn't and mm-hmm. i don't you know for me it's not a big deal because mm-hmm. nothing is really going to stop i've always felt like nothing is truly going to stop me but me mm-hmm. and so if this is a position where you know being a woman is just not really helpful it's part of the culture or whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know, I I didn't let it get me down. I just said, okay, I'm going to take everything I can from this job. I'm going to do the best that I can. And I'm going to leave with as many tools as I can leave with. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the jobs where being a woman has helped me, I've milked it for everything is worth. Right. So, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think that, you know, what I've learned a lot from doing these podcasts and interviewing people and talking to people is that the saying your perspective and your state of mind is what's most important is so true because you know you can have 
five people in the exact same situation, circumstances, and it's that person's mindset and their perspective that will ultimately shape the outcome, regardless of the situation or the circumstances. Um, And so how do you feel that you gained that perspective? Was that something that you were taught or raised to to believe that? Or have you just kind of adapted that mindset over the years? I think a little bit of both. I think it's nature versus nurture kind of thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I was born to be, you know, who I am for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think I was also nurtured by very strong women. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I had that old school grandmother mm-hmm. that didn't mess around, <laughs> but she also had a husband. So she was, you know, very, she wasn't a docile woman at all, but, mm-hmm. you know, she also kind of played that position in the house as the woman of the house. And my grandfather was the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a slew of aunts and they were all very outspoken, very confident, very beautiful, meaning every single one of them, even though they looked different, they were all beautiful women because Mm -hmm. they took care of themselves and they, they, they felt beautiful, you Mm -hmm. know, it was from the outside in and the inside out too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I had a lot of examples of super strong women, Mm -hmm. like super strong women. I'm so grateful for And so between, I think, kind of having a natural, you know, I have, I think I'm naturally kind of at one with a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, when I observe things or I kind of feel things, I, I don't, I try not to fight what, what I, what my intuition tells me. I think I have very good women's intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so, and then I think I also just was raised by these really strong boss women that just from listening to their conversations and then them constantly pouring you know wisdom and girl power into me from birth just helped me to be the woman I am today for sure Mm -hmm. and now one topic of conversation that comes up usually in conversations with beautiful successful women can you have it all do you believe that you know, some people started off early with going into um, getting married straight out of college and having kids and things like that. And and a lot of times those women are just now transitioning into a career potentially. And then there's women who have out the gate focused on their career and they may be getting married and having kids later on in life. Do you feel that from your perspective and your experience that it is difficult or impossible to do both at the same time? Um, Well, first I'd like to say, well, how do you define it all? Like Mm -hmm. for me, having it all doesn't necessarily include children. I don't have any, but I've never necessarily tried or wanted or desired, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I I haven't said, hey, I'm going to put my career in front excuse me, I'm going to put my career in front of my family. I haven't said that. I've Mm -hmm. always been in a relationship with a man that I've loved. It just hasn't turned into marriage or it hasn't turned into a family, but it, it hasn't necessarily been on purpose. 
mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of been a natural inclination to not have children or not get married. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I have anything less. I don't feel that. I don't feel like I have anything less. I don't look at people, you know, and say, mm-hmm. hey, if I wouldn't put my career first, I would have had a family. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know that's the case. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about what is having it all. I feel like I have it all because I define what it what it is, mm-hmm. what that is, mm-hmm. you know. And somebody might not, by definition, believe that I have it all, and that's mm-hmm. cool based but on I, their definition. Right, based mm-hmm. on their definition. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, I'm happy. I'm healthy. Um, I make enough money to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have a man in my life that I love very much. I have siblings that I adore, that I have great relationships with. I have a good relationship with my mother and my father. Mm-hmm. I have an education that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that I adore. I live in Cali. <laughs> 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 like, but, what more could you ask for? Yes. 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 So I, I feel like, based on what I define, I feel like for me, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. I'm very satisfied. I'm, I wake up every day grateful and happy and not wanting for much. You know, mm-hmm. what I want is to grow my business and to grow myself as a person mm-hmm. and to be a better person to other people and be healthy and work out. And, you know, but that to me is that's things that I can kind of control and I've demanded myself, you mm-hmm. know, but you know, are there anything that's outside of that scope? I'm like, it's just not for me. So mm-hmm. And you're the first person to answer that question that way. Whenever, whenever it's asked, the assumption is of what having it all is based on what society has kind of set as the bar of, oh, this is this. And of course, it's also something that is more so set and and directed towards women. Of, exactly. of what having it all is. So I appreciate that unique take on that question. What is what you hope to accomplish with your floral boutique? Jeez, I want to create a business that I can develop and grow. So right now we do flowers, which I love and they're beautiful and mm-hmm. people seem to like them. And I'd like to go... Um, into different spaces, you know, do events and do more than just flowers for events. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of do maybe like a Martha Stewart-esque kind of moment because as you know, I like to cook. Yes. And I like to host. Yes. And so I want to um, do things like that. Like, you know, something that's more all encompassing rather than just flowers. Mm-hmm. And so, and just so people understand, can you, because I haven't been to the floral boutique yet, but I will be next time I'm in LA. Can people, can people walk in and buy a bouquet? Can they, you know, walk in and place an order for one individual bouquet? Because what I see a lot on social media is, you know, you're doing the florals for events, larger scale things. And I see individual bouquets and floral arrangements, but how primarily are people able to shop with you right now? So we're, we're more so an online store. When okay. I worked for um, the floral designer that, that I left um, earlier this year, he had a shop 
in the Four Seasons in the Beverly Hills Four Seasons on Doheny Drive. And I would have to say I was with him for two years. We probably had a handful of walk-ins. Mm-hmm. So the flower business is really the type of business, especially now with, you know, everyone shopping online, mm-hmm. that people really do shop online or they want to call and talk to you because they want such a specific thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They want, you know, they either want roses or they want hydrangea or they want oranges or they want pinks or they want whites or they want what's in season or they want something that's aromatic. Like it's all, it's so personal. Mm-hmm. So what I saw with his business was no one really walks in to buy flowers. Like the, the business that he had was for the designers. It was more like a workshop. Mm-hmm. So the designers made the flowers and we had a cooler that we kept the flowers fresh in and we had the vases and, you know, everything that you need to build the, the arrangement. But there really wasn't a very big walk-in, you know, gotcha. kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. So when I launched my business, I live in downtown LA and our boutique is in downtown LA, but it's more of a live workspace. Gotcha. So we use, um, our, our loft is the live workspace and that's where my workshop is. And obviously people can come in no problem. Um, but all of my business has been online or, you know, people calling in and telling me what they want. And then I buy, you know, the product, I built the arrangement and then we deliver it. Gotcha. And so to to go on to what you were saying, you hope to accomplish, you'd like for it to be more of an all encompassing with events and um, add some cooking, maybe add some floral. And and like have a lot of, you know, if I could have maybe some more artisanal items I could sell in addition to flowers, Mm -hmm. um, something a little more bespoke like candles or Mm -hmm. my own wine or type, Mm -hmm. you know, linens, just things that kind of put the whole mood together. So flowers are all part of the decor, but now, you know, we're adding a certain type of linen to go on the table, you know, different types of cutlery, plates, you know, I'm into all, Mm -hmm. all that kind of fun chinky things that you can just put down and everyone's like oh my gosh this is this kind of silver yes yes (laughs) the 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 um I forget how the saying goes but basically it's like it's all in the details you know that the love is in the details yes yes And now I know that you worked with the other floral uh group earlier this year but would you say that you've had a mentor throughout this process or throughout your life? And what's kind of something that they've been instrumental in helping you with? You know what? I've had several mentors throughout my life and I think mentorship is really, and Oprah said this, she said the mentorship is more on the mentee. So she would talk about, you know, people would always come up to her and say, Hey, can you be my mentor? And she's like, Okay. Like, <laughs> me. so now I'm going to be your mentor. Now the responsibility's on me. Uh-huh. And I mean, it's Oprah. It's like, who has time? But what she did say was kind of, in a lot of ways, the mentorship should not be the burden on the mentor. It is the responsibility of the mentee. Mm-hmm. So I have just made whoever I wanted to be my mentor. They've been my mentor in my mind. You're my mentor. Okay, uh-huh. No, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to follow you or shadow you or, mm-hmm. you know, watch, watch how you have developed your business. Watch how you talk to your customers, observe how you, you know, handle yourself when it's when things get crazy so right I 
would say over my life, I've had mentors. And one of them, so interesting, is one of my best friend's moms. Mm-hmm. She was the first woman entrepreneur that I'd ever met. Mm-hmm. And she was a hairdresser. And she was my hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And she was like the pop in hairdresser. Like, <laughs> not, I mean, her chair was never empty. And she worked from sundown to sunup. And I remember she would be sick and she would be doing our hair. And she would be tired and she would be doing our hair. And she would be on her day off getting out of the bed to come into the shop to do our hair. She just didn't say no to anybody and she was so personable and everyone loved her and she was honest to a fault and she you know always I don't know how she did it but you know she always seemed to have her money in order and so Mm -hmm. I would watch her and I was always fascinated by her and I told her that recently Mm that you were the first female entrepreneur that I observed was a hairdresser you know Mm -hmm. and I was close to her because she was my best friend's mom right and Throughout my life, I've had, you know, I would consider Oprah for sure a mentor. I mm-hmm. watched Oprah from the time I, I started as an intern, and I watched the way she walked into the room, and she owned it. And mm-hmm. everybody just watched her and waited for her to give direction. And she cared about people. It wasn't just a show. It was really her. Mm-hmm. She was, if she was talking to you, she gave you her undivided attention at all times she was respectful of everyone from the person in the mailroom to the president of her company they received the same amount of respect they -hmm. received the best wages she should possibly give them we all got ample amount of um vacation days we all were given sick leave there was no question if you were sick do not come in it wasn't like we really need you it was like stay home yeah everyone's birthday was celebrated everyone's children's graduations were celebrated she just honored everyone that worked for her and Mm -hmm. I have nothing that is what I try to do a hundred percent with my employees like I want them to feel like coming to work for me is a pleasure it's a joy I don't want anyone begrudgingly showing up to do anything for me or I don't want you to do it Mm -hmm. you know just especially not if it's something that I've caused you know right Mm -hmm. so I've just kind of pulled from from all sorts of people from my girlfriend's mom who's my hairstylist to Oprah Winfrey throughout my career and I've taken you know all of this knowledge from you know when I worked for Hennessy Black one of the managers um, of sales reps forget what her exact title was but she's still a great friend of, of mine to this day but I would just watch how she would, you know, do all of these hostings with alcohol, but she would be on her job, you know, she didn't mm-hmm. take it and turn it into like, oh, it's just a party and we're going to, you know, drink Hennessy and get it right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do this activation, go home, send a report in, you know, make sure that everything is on point for the next activation, like just mm-hmm. really being professional. So I think throughout the years, I've just taken from all of these amazing people that I've had, you know, the joy and the privilege to work with. Mm-hmm. What is something that sets Old Vine apart from other floral boutiques? Well, um, first off, you know, as a black female florist, mm-hmm. I have to say there's not that many of us out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just by virtue of, you know, the owner, I think mm-hmm. definitely set, set ourselves apart from other um, floral companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are located two blocks from the flower mart. So 
So the Los Angeles Flower Mart is one of the biggest flower marts in the country. Mm-hmm. And we go there every day and we pick out our flowers for our clients. Mm-hmm. So I was just making an arrangement for Yara um, for, from Gronish. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm picking out her flowers and I'm like, okay, are these fresh? Yeah, they just came in today from Ecuador. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And everyone can't say that. Like, right. Okay, these just came in from Ecuador. <laughs> so I went and I bought them today. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. getting on a flight and going to Ecuador this is as fresh as it gets <laughs> right mm-hmm. so um you know all of our flowers are handpicked by me fresh from ecuador <laughs> we're coming from. Um, and my design aesthetic i i believe that you know it's as i've said the love is in the details i don't know if i said it to you today but i often say that to people and my design aesthetic is very detail oriented so i'm plucking off any petals that aren't fresh I'm cutting every single thorn off. I'm cutting off all the leaves so they're not making the water murky. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, bountiful arrangements, lush. I don't skimp when it comes to flowers. I love vibrant colors. I'll if, if you don't like vibrant colors, if you want something a little more muted, I'll get the best possible muted colors <laughs> you can ever think of. Um, I'm just very hands-on, and I think that when people order flowers, it's such a from the heart type of thing yeah. that, you know, you want to know that the person that built this arrangement from you, like put their heart and soul into it. And I definitely do that with all of my arrangements. I definitely appreciate the part of being able to say this is fresh from Ecuador and everybody (laughs) can't say that. So when I get my arrangement, be like, well, you know, these are from. And so now before I let you go, I want to ask you some fun questions that people kind of get an idea of your personality, even though it definitely came through (laughs) in the questions. But um, what's something that you wish you were better at? I wish I was better at finances. Um, I think for my business, I'm very, very good at at accounting and everything mm-hmm. but when it comes to personal I am a mess and mm-hmm. so I'm going to try to take my accounting skill that I'm applying to Old Vine and apply yeah. to Itika Old Vine <laughs> <laughs> she is a mess <laughs> now among your family and friends what are you most known for oh my god that's weird huh? I'm just well I had a party this weekend and Mm -hmm. one thing that all my girlfriends were like saying they were like girl you are still turned I can but I was gonna say it in the sense of you're always you're very social like you're always someone to want to get together or you know bring people together whether that be you know at the house or at the club or whatever it's like you know let's invite people over like it's a Tuesday but we getting together and you know like just um being creating community wherever you are going to sound so cliche but according to my therapist I'm an extreme extrovert (laughs) I believe it (laughs) I believe it I believe you didn't have to uh pay her to tell you that I could have told you that one (laughs) 
she's, she's a gem. <laughs> yes, and she's on point, so she's credible. <laughs> what's your favorite way to waste time? Oh, what's my favorite way to waste time? Um, Instagram. Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> reality TV, honey. Oh, a good marathon, honey. She will do an entire season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. In one <laughs> And I'm calling him out my boo will too. So <laughs> I mean, we watch it all. I'm over it. I'm like, please do not release another show. I can't. I can't do it. I got things to do. Right. You don't have enough hours in the day to watch that and be productive. Luckily, I can just pop on a little reality TV and put this arrangement together and not get too distracted. Okay, now, what's something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Gosh, I would say travel. I mean, mm-hmm. I I have always had a little bit of the travel bug um, just because I've always wanted to get out of my comfort zone. So, you know, when I was younger and, you know, girls trips to Miami and, you know, going to visit friends in New York mm-hmm. and then I started traveling abroad so, you know, going to the Mediterranean or Mexico, Jamaica, I would say just traveling. I think everyone should do it. If there's somewhere that you've always wanted to go see, whether you have to save your little coins, mm-hmm. it's a saving and, and go and get out there because you learn so much. You never come back from any place that you travel to the same. You always are going to take something from that culture, whether it's in the States, you're just traveling to a different city or whether you're leaving the country, you're, you're going to come back just a little different. I would say mm-hmm. traveling. Okay. Now this is the either or game. I named two things. You pick either or Sun- okay. sunrise or sunset, sunset, bath or shower, shower, passenger or driver, passenger, cardio or weights. Mm-hmm. Neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I have a trainer now. Oh, so, like, fancy. Yeah, like, yeah, girl. I'm at that age. You're going to have to either push yourself or get somebody to push you. I would probably say, because I have a trainer, I would probably say wait. Okay. Winter or summer? Summer. Fresh Prince of Bel Air or Martin? Nas or Jay Z? Jay Z. Tupac or Biggie? Pac, for sure. I'm from the West Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was just testing you. You could. Some West Coast people might say Biggie. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Cornbread or biscuits? Cornbread. (laughs) (laughs) And in your partner, do you prefer intelligent or funny? Intelligent. Older or younger? Gosh, older. Tattoos or piercings? Tattoos. Hug or kiss? Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They say everybody should have a go-to joke that they tell if asked to do so. Do you have a go-to joke? Oh, my God. I mean, if I, I, this is the thing. I have a horrible. Memory. Oh. <laughs> I've heard, I do. It's it's genetic, uh-huh. sure, but I have the worst memory for everything now. 
I have heard some amazing jokes, but for the life of me, I can never remember them. <laughs> so they're like my go-to joke. Mm-hmm. Is like it has to do with a camel and an oasis. But if I try to tell the joke right now, I'll be like, wait, wait, okay, wait. Then he got so you need to get a shorter go-to joke that's only like one or two lines <laughs> that sounds like the problem the joke is too long that's the problem but it made me laugh I told it so many times because it was so funny to me and then the more the, the longer time between telling it uh-huh. the more of the joke I now it's just a mess. It's, not even, it's not even funny anymore. Well, when look you remember, yeah, I'm going to have to look it up online and then send it to you and say, is this the joke that you were trying Please to talk do. about? Okay. Well, thank you, Itika. It has been a pleasure hearing your story and learning more about you. Even though we're friends, I learned more about you in this conversation. So I really appreciate it. And tell everybody where they can find you and old vine florals online for sure well thank you so much thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience about my business it's called old vine florals we're online obviously our website is oldvinefloral.com we're also on all social media outlets so twitter facebook instagram all under old vine florals so check us out online we're only delivering in the los angeles area right now so if you don't live here but you have someone that you want to send flowers that does live in the los angeles area hit us up and if you live in la definitely hit us up we got you